0: Thank you for tuning in to the Transformed Podcast, a work of Scattered Abroad, which is overseen by the East Hill Church of Christ in Pulaski, Tennessee. You can find our website at scatteredabroad.org. This podcast challenges us to be different from this world in which we live and to transform ourselves into the best that we can be for God. Here is your host, Caleb Rutherford
1: what's up everybody and welcome back to the podcast again as always I'm so grateful and so humbled uh, that you listen to this podcast I certainly hope that it's beneficial to you that you're growing in your walk with Christ and I know that I certainly have through the study of these episodes and also through listening to this network I hope that you're taking advantage of our network and that you are able to listen to as many podcasts as you want um, and that you're able to take in as much information as you can hopefully it's helping you grow into the best that you can be for our God in heaven above as always and we always say this for every podcast. Remember to give us a rating, or review, whatever platform it is that you are listening to. Also, don't forget to visit our website, scatteredabroad.org. And as always, scroll all the way down to the bottom of the website, and there you can subscribe to our email list. If you've been listening, you know that we have our very special guest, Brother Jeff Archie on the podcast. Jeff, again, I'm grateful and humbled that you're here with me again today.
0: Hey, great to be with you. I've enjoyed this. I have you know, a lot of my work is me by myself, uh, with international gospel hour, but it's great that we can sit here and we can have this discussion and we pray, we give God the glory and that we're helping someone along the way. Shall we say, transform their
1: lives. That's right. That's right. And Jeff, I don't know if this is the case for you. I I enjoy it more with somebody else. I don't know if you do or not, but it's a little bit easier, I guess, in my mind, because we can bounce off each other, throw ideas Mm -hmm. at each other. So it just flows a little bit more than than just uh just one person maybe monologuing the whole time. But I don't know if that's the way for you it is for you or not.
0: Well it's always good that if you can have a couple of voices, Mm -hmm. like within our broadcast, uh our longer broadcast, which is weekly we, um, I, I, utilize our announcer, Jay Webb on three different occasions, sure. so actually five. He intros, he closes. And then in between, we try to extend a free offer or free study to someone okay, or something yeah. we give away. Yeah. And so in our shorter that or daily, uh, I'll use him, you know, twice within there. And it's just good to kind of give the break rather than to continue to hear a voice for a period of time. Right. And, uh, it's always good to work off too, because in the battle for the Lord, I do better when I got my fellow
1: soldiers with me. absolutely. Absolutely. One hundred percent. I certainly am encouraged uh, when I'm able to stand side by side with brothers and sisters and to to take on our enemy and to know that we're going to be victorious if we stay faithful with one another. So certainly is good to have. I think maybe our audience appreciates it a little bit more, too, when they hear multiple voices instead of just one, maybe the whole time. But um, certainly, certainly uh, beneficial uh, in this study. Hopefully it's been that way for you. Um, you know, we've been talking about Ephesians chapter six, talking about this idea of being an individual, someone who has been transformed into a soldier for our almighty God, our commander and captain in heaven above. You know, I think about Ephesians chapter six and verse 14. And if we talk about today, specifically, we're going to talk about righteousness. And if you go there towards the middle of that verse, Ephesians 6 and verse 14, it talks about having put on the breastplate of righteousness. And so Jeff, when we talk about Breastplate of righteousness. What do you think? What, what comes to your mind when we study this verse and this now, pops out? Right off the bat, the protection of the heart. Sure. You see, a
0: breastplate in an armor protects the vital organs, right. the lungs, the, the heart, uh, the, the, the main organs within, and so we are able to protect the, 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 the key part, the, the heart, the lungs, and so on. And of course, this helps us in our warfare, because in that way, we are protecting what we need to be promoting, our hearts, and how we have our hearts set. Proverbs 4, 23, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. Romans 6, 17, but God be thanked you were the servants of sin, but you have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you being then made free from sin you became the servants of righteousness so the breastplate of righteousness righteousness protects our heart keeps it going well we've wrapped ourselves with truth now we're going to protect our heart and to make sure that we're working thorough right uh, a lot of our listeners here caleb uh, may not be aware But uh, Caleb is an exceptional basketball player. And Caleb, you know the importance of not, as the term is, blowing up. Mm -hmm. You've got to stay in condition to keep your heart and your lungs going. You want to be able to hold out when the other team wears down. Mm -hmm. And so we, by having on the breastplate of righteousness, it helps us to hold out in the battle of God. Sure,
1: sure, absolutely. You know, protecting the heart is something – that is so vital, it's so important, obviously, in any aspect of life, but especially when you go, you think about the battle terms, you wear that so nothing can strike and penetrate the heart. And in a very real sense, it's the exact same way in our Christianity. We have to protect our heart from anything striking our heart, from anything um, damaging our heart. And we think about the things that we have to think about the things that come into our lives. One of the things that um, I've talked about before in some sermons that i preach specifically one from the, the book of Colossians, one of the things that we have to understand is every single thing that we bring into our lives um, must go through this, this vetting process of, will it make me more like Jesus? Will it make me more like my savior? And if, until we, until we go through that process of of thinking, is this going to make me who I need to be? if it's not going to then we need to get it out of our lives. We need to run as far away from it as we can. But if it's going to then yes, we need to add it into our lives. But if it's going to damage our heart, if it's going to not make us more like Jesus, then it's something that we need to completely get rid of and when we wear that breastplate, we are clothed in righteousness. Then certainly that will be beneficial <clears throat> in that in that regard in pushing those things out of our lives. Exactly.
0: And that helps us of course in the battle. If you leave off that armor, that part of the armor Give Satan a clear shot.
1: Absolutely. And we've got to put as, metro, as many barriers and strongholds exactly. as we can in between us and the enemy. You know, we talk about <clears throat> righteous living, and a lot of, you know, the word righteous is maybe not a word that necessarily we use in our everyday vocabulary. I don't go around usually saying righteous, you know, different mm-hmm. things like that. But a lot of other words, things like worthiness and blameless, honorable, other other words that you and I know of that certainly can coincide with the word righteous. Righteous. Why is this so important for a Christian? And I know we talked about it from from the aspect of protecting our hearts, uh, but why, why is living a righteous life something that is so vital and so important for a Christian?
0: Well, number one, it's because God has asked that of us and <clears> throat> commanded throat> it of us. But number two, people do not like hypocrites. Uh, they want genuine. Number three, people will want to deal more with you because there is the honesty there. Uh, and the, and the honesty, the integrity and all, I remember brother Tom Holland. Um, Oh, I miss him. I remember brother Holland Mm -hmm. at Lipscomb one year when I was there in the early eighties, he told us in a Bible class, he said, and this was at the time, but I think it would stand true for any, shall we use a broad sense here, religious university. He said, when people look down and they see you attended a place like a Lipscomb or like Fried Hardeman, for example, Th- this was then. They see that you have attended a place that's had good values, which when they see that on your resume, you have an advantage in the interview. They know the kind of person that they are getting, right? And, uh, or shall we say should be getting. But uh, we'll allow our Lord, sitting down in nature's amphitheater, (laughs) Sermon on the Mount, Mm -hmm. you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt hath lost its flavor, wherewith shall it be seasoned? It's good for nothing but to be trampled or thrown out and trampled under the foot of men. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hid. and People do not light a lamp or a candle and put it under a bushel or a basket, but put it on a candlestick or place it to where it can give light to all that are in the house. Here's the conclusion. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. That's why it's important.
1: Absolutely. I think about, I think about again, going back to the Sermon on the Mount, I think about the Beatitudes there at the very beginning of the Sermon on the Mount. Matthew 5 and verse 6, he talks about those blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness and how, in my mind, it's something that has to be a desire of ours. If it's not something that we don't desire, then we're not going to do it. Um, It it will never happen. Whenever we make it a priority in our lives, we'll make sure that it gets done and that those things in life, this goes for anything in life. But if we, if we make heaven our goal, then we're going to do whatever it takes to get there. And whatever is involved, we're going to make sure that we do that and fully encompassing within that is living a righteous life. We're not going to get to heaven if we don't do that. And a question that we need to ask ourselves every single day, who am I living for in this life? Because you're either living for one of two things. You're either living for the Lord or you're living for yourself. And one of those two things is going to ring true. And I, I, I think back to Joshua 24, verse 15, where he said, as Joshua said, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And I think, you know, this is an admonition, I think, to, specifically to fathers. It's, you know, for our fathers, it's time to, to take a stand in your home. You know, stand up and declare that, make that same exact statement that for Joshua, that you are going to lead your family towards the, towards the, towards heaven and towards this idea of serving almighty God. Right. And so many people, you know, have that sign hanging in their house as for me and my house yes. we will serve the Lord. Mm-hmm. Yet, interestingly enough, I feel like for a lot of people, the Lord is the last thing that they serve in this mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, it's, it's so interesting. And, and, and one of the things you mentioned, it, it's hypocritical to, to profess that you're going to live for God. And then on Sundays and Wednesdays, and then all throughout the rest of the week, They live however they want. it's something that's so hypocritical. And people can see that, can't they? Mm
0: -hmm. Oh, absolutely. People can detect that. And I also know, Caleb, that there are those that say, well, the reason that I don't attend worship is because the church is full of hypocrites. Mm. Now, granted, I think that's used in an excuse way. Right. I mean, you go to work and not everybody is up to par at the place where you work. You go in, you know, you're involved in a lot of things. Sometimes we use that. But I can tell you this, sometimes it has been difficult for me to reach someone with the gospel because they've seen how someone else has lived. Sure. And all we can do is say, let's point unto Christ. Let us do what we are to do. Or to quote my late daddy, he would say, my son, I have to give an answer for what I do. Right. They have to give an answer for what they do.
1: Exactly right. Yeah, and And that, that's something that I've had to deal with even just in, I mean, I've only been in ministry for, you know, five years or so. Something that I've had to deal with, with, with people saying, well, I don't come to worship. I don't go do this simply because there's hypocrites. And one of the things, like you mentioned, one of the things I tell them is you don't come to worship. You don't live a Christian life based off of what other people do and think. You simply do it because of your conviction of Jesus Christ and that he died for you. And not because of what everybody else says and what everybody else thinks in this life. And granted, it can be difficult. And, you know, shame on the people who are hypocrites in the Lord's church because of, of what they're doing. Mm-hmm. But you can't let that affect you in your Christian life and in what you do for That's Almighty right. God. So true. Absolutely. And I think what Matthew 6, verse 33, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all mm-hmm. these things will be added unto you. And again, I think it goes back to priorities. And I I go back to verse 24 of that same passage of Matthew six, where, where Jesus said, no one can serve two masters. You have to make that choice of what you're going to seek first in this life of what your priorities are going to be. And again, you can claim that heaven's your goal. You can claim that Jesus is your savior, but until you live for him, then it doesn't matter what you say um, because you're not going to be able to back up all those things um, that that you say. There's a lot of Uh good people in this world, aren't there? There's a lot of good people who are morally right. Mm -hmm. um, But being a good person is not synonymous with being a faithful Christian either. Um, and so we have to understand that just because you might be a quote-unquote good person doesn't mean you're on the way to heaven. You have to be a faithful Christian, someone who studies and lives and abides by mm-hmm. the Word of Almighty God. Let, let's jump into, into 1 John chapter 3 as we um, come down to the last segment of this podcast. Let's look at 1 John chapter 3 and verse 7. Jeff, why don't you do a little bit of a, I don't know, we might call it an exegesis of this passage. Kind of tell us what John's talking about here when we think about 1 John 3 and verse 7.
0: Well, 1 John 3, verse 7, we see that affection statement that John uses through inspiration mm. when he says, little children, right. let no one deceive you. He who practices righteousness is righteous just as he is righteous. Okay, let's think about that verse. Let no one deceive you. John says, don't let man deceive you. That individual is he practicing righteousness. That's the kind of person you want to look at. So let's break down. The word deceive here, of course, is defined to mislead as a false appearance or statement. Don't let someone lead you away from what is right. It has that idea of a leading astray. Now, in the Research book Robertson's Word Pictures. Here's how he paints it. Let no man keep leading you astray. So, in being deceived, it has an intention. But we have to be wise not to allow that to take us away. That's why we have the breastplate of righteousness. Our heart is protected, and that deception cannot penetrate. Where we have it covered. Sure. Now, parallel this during the time of John and 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 Caleb. I, I hope our listeners here, folks, we're we're, we're going to get the shovel. We're going to dig a little bit here. <laughs> what John was dealing with was a group of people called the Gnostics. Mm-hmm. Now, Gnostics. It starts with a G. The G is silent. Right. G N O S T I C S. They said, if you sinned. That's the evil part of your physical body, and it has nothing to do with the spiritual part of your body. The spirit is good. The physical is bad. So in other words, you could do bad and still be good. That's a total contradiction. Mm -hmm. John was dealing with this. So what's he saying to those who are listening to him? Don't let the Gnostics deceive you. That your bad is the physical, and your good is the spiritual. Because I want to tell you, Caleb, when you look at it, it's got the little root running mm. of once saved, always saved. Sure. You see, it's there. And so righteous living is by faith. James talks about James chapter 2 of a faith, not a faith that works, uh, not faith and works, rather, but a faith that works. Sure. And so that is how we express ourselves that, you know, we can't have this half bad, half good. And, uh, I think what is that little logo that's black with a white dot and white with a black dot and it's round the, the, the yin yang, I think they call it something like that. Well, I didn't know what that was till many years ago. And a young man said, there's a little bit of bad. In good, Mm -hmm. there's a little bit of good in bad. And I said, can I ask you a question? (laughs) How does that work for Jesus? Mm -hmm. So, you know, when you look at it that way. But when we think about Jesus, Acts 10, 38, he went about doing good. Now, doing there, as again, we're digging deep. Within the Greek, it means keep on doing. So, let's summarize it. If we keep on doing good, we keep on in the battle with the Lord. We have decided not to be deceived. We are protecting ourselves with the breastplate of righteousness. So, righteousness will deflect off the deceptions, will mm-hmm. deflect off the error. If we keep on doing good and staying in the battle that belongs to the Lord, we will not be deceived. And let's close this question with Ephesians 4:14. 4, Paul said and it's something we would have already read this in the book of Ephesians coming to Ephesians 6 that we henceforth or from now on being no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the sleight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. And so we no longer want to be children deceived of that way. And that helps the breastplate of righteousness, that we are practicing righteousness, we're doing good, we're putting that into action. The breastplate is deflecting off the deception that man would give, which allows us, Caleb, if you will, to be transformed in the way God would have us to be as a soldier in the army of God.
1: That's absolutely right. Well, that's a that's a great great exegesis of that passage of scripture. And Jeff, you mentioned kind of the the deceptions and the deceitfulness and how you know when I when I look at that, I think about how ultimately ultimately it comes from Satan, our enemy, but he uses the mediums of mankind and how it comes in it comes in through the ch- to the church through through men, through the, the thoughts and intents and hearts of, of men. And I, I go back to Galatians chapter, chapter one, and I think about what Paul wrote to the church at Galatia. And he said at the beginning of verse six, he talks about how, I, he says, I marvel that you were turned away so soon. I'm so shocked. I'm so surprised. I, I'm just My mind is boggled that you're turning away so soon. Well, Paul, why? Why are you so shocked? Because you're turning away so soon to a different gospel. He says in verse seven, which is not another, but then he says this, but there are some, well, who is the sum? There are men who have come in um, and who, who trouble you and want to pervert. That word pervert, if I remember correctly, the Greek is metastrepho, the, the word to turn away, to, to change the gospel, to dilute it, to degrade it, to bring got the gospel low. And so that is what men do to the gospel when they make it what they want it to say. And if we don't have this, again, going back, if we don't have that standard of truth, then we won't know what people, what men are going to say. And so I think that's a great point you mentioned. And you talk about righteousness, how we must be living righteous lives. And the only way we know how to do that is through a study of the word of God. And if we're not encompassed with the word, then we won't know how to do that um, and, and how to, how to faithfully live in this, live in this world. And how to, like you mentioned, how to transform our lives into being someone who fights for God in his army. Jeff, I appreciate the discussion once again. It's been certainly helpful to me, I hope to our listeners. It's been helpful to di- helpful to them and Jeff, I'm looking forward to the next few episodes we've got together. Sounds good. We'll do it again. Of Lord course, willing. Of course. We must remember as always, we continue to remember we're fighting in this spiritual war. There certainly is a battle that's going on. Our enemy is ever threatening and the way that we do that is to don a lifestyle of righteous living. Thank you again so much for listening and as always, remember this, don't conform